Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And welcome to She Loves the Grid, final race episode, not final race episode of the year, but final race episode of the year. I cannot believe we just saw the last race. It's a lot of emotions. I mean, just thinking back on this year, I mean, so much has happened and we'll have a recap episode at some point, but there's a lot to kind of think about. And then this race, Abu Dhabi, doesn't ever seem to disappoint. <laughs> it was a, I thought it was a really good race. It was a really good race. So let's, let's get started. So, you know, I'm Claire, you're Diane. We always forget to do that because we just start talking. So <laughs> how was your week? It was good. Um, Thanksgiving here in the U.S. So busy week um, work-wise because, you know, like if you have a four-day week, you got to get five days worth of work done in four days. <laughs> so there was that. Um, and then uh, Thanksgiving with family, which was amazing. We had a really good time. And then yesterday, um, it's kind of become an annual tradition to decorate my dad's house for Christmas. So I was over there. Um most of the day getting that done. Um, so yeah, that was about it. How about you? Well, well, they don't do Thanksgiving, you know, U.S. Thanksgiving here in Germany, obviously. obviously. The Hard Rock Cafe, <laughs> I did a little shopping while I was there because I don't have a lot of long clothes. They were offering a, a Thanksgiving, traditional Thanksgiving type meal that you could get. Yeah. So we went there. It was interesting to find other Germans there. They're like, oh, we're coming here for the Thanksgiving food because we like the food. Oh, how funny. <laughs> yeah, it was oh, really kind of cool. And, of course, our dog was like, you know, the talk of the town. She just made a big hit while we were there. And yes. So we stayed there and, and and had a good time and then came home. And But, you know, it was a regular work week for me otherwise. And then yeah. other than that, I'm walking to dog parks because I went to the dog park again today with our, our my dog's new friend. Uh, an adorable Rottweiler named Ray. <laughs> <laughs> He's got just like the sweetest face, but yeah, oh. in the cold because two days ago it snowed in Berlin. Get ready, I like snow, but it was still snow for me. Everyone's like, well, This isn't snow. I'm like, Well, for me, it's snow, it snowed and it stuck for even a few hours. It would snow. There you go. Well, it's just the beginning, <laughs> get used to it. Just the beginning. All right, well, where do we get started? Here we go. Yes. Okay. So last week or this week, oh my gosh, it seems like an incredibly long great week. So just two quick things. There's so much actually we can talk about from the Las Vegas Grand Prix last week, but just two quick things because maybe we can just include that in like a recap um, episode of the season. But the race had 82 overtakes, which was the second most for this season. I don't think anybody's going to be Zanborn. They had 186, but 82 overtakes. And when we remember the three at the front kept, you know, changing the lead a few times, it was really exciting. So I thought that was kind of fun. Um, but then Fred and Toto got called before the stewards this week because of their language, their foul language, um, in the press conferences in Vegas. So, I mean, we remember Toto was very passionate about you know, basically trying to justify why, you know, they didn't want signs to, or they wanted signs to have the penalty. Um, and I'm sure uh, 
Fred said a few things too. But anyways, they got a formal warning. And um, I was just thinking like, I wish I could be a fly on the wall. Like, <laughs> were they just rolling their eyes? You know, that's what I kept thinking is like, were they just saying like, okay, you know, whatever. You knew it wasn't going to be more than a formal warning just because. Was it because it's in America and just the difference in the broadcast rules or is it just no. in, in general? Mm -hmm. Nope. It goes against their, you know, their code of conduct. But everything falls under that because if we remember correctly, Helmet Marco, a.k.a. Chatty Cathy, can make racist comments and it falls underneath that. And he got a formal warning. These guys cussed in a press conference and so they get a formal warning. It all falls under the same under the same thing. Um, the other thing I thought was kind of interesting was Toto taking a dig um, at Massey from a couple of years ago, the 2021 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, where there's a lot of controversy over how that the end of that race went, giving Max his first world championship. Um, so Toto said to the press, we're going, we're going there on pretty much equal terms with Ferrari, but we have a proper race director, so that should be fine. So he's just still a little salty and just turning the the knife on Massey. So yeah, that's so funny. Toto's gonna say what he's gonna say. So Alpha Tauri. Now this hasn't been confirmed, but literally everybody is reporting it. I did not put it on our page because I always like to kind of wait and make sure, you know, it's confirmed for the most part. But the rumor is that they have changed their name for next year. It is going to be Racing Bulls, which I'm pretty sure we brought up many, many, many episodes ago. And if you're on our YouTube channel, you can see the logo and um, design that they, this is why everybody's saying that it's a real thing is because they filed a trademark application for this. And I want to say they filed it back in like September, October. I can't remember. Um, so yeah, that's why some sleuth went, was out there and, and found this and now everybody's reporting it as being done. But as of right now, which is just an hour or so after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, they have not confirmed it. But racing bulls, there you go. Interesting. It's interesting, it's interesting with the because that's the same logo that's from the Alphatari or close to the Alphatari layout anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, not changing it too 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 much, except obviously the name, but I guess the logo is about the same. So very interesting. We'll have to see when they let us know for sure that that is their new name. Maybe not even until next year. I wonder if they'll wait until the launch. That it's interesting. Um, somebody registered that domain name in July of this year. Because that must have been when we were talking about it because it was rumored as a name. So dang it, why were we not smart on that one? And that's what happened. Yeah, and we should because it's 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 not even them that looks like it owns it because it's talking it's talking about DNS destinations. Well it's it's privately owned it looks like. Yeah. Um but yeah and it was just updated in September. So hmm. interesting. Interesting interesting yeah. interesting. Somebody was on it. Somebody was definitely on that one. Um, so a lot of drivers, and I, I'm not going to name them all because there's quite a few, but a lot of drivers securing their reserve driver roles for next year, um, or other, you know, roles for next year. So Mick Schumacher, it was announced by Mercedes that he's going to continue as the reserve driver, but he also signed with Alpine in the WEC hypercar series, which we had mentioned that before. I think it's more of an extreme 
um, which we'll probably have to learn just a little bit more about, but he did sign with them. So he's going to be doing a couple different things, um, which is, you know, that's pretty exciting. So good for Mick. He's going to be around still in the F1 paddock, but also doing some other stuff. And then F1 Academy news came out this week that Aston Martin, um, they selected the driver that's going to drive their livery in F1 Academy, and that's Tina Hausman. So she'll drive, um, she'll compete for a Prema racing, but she'll be driving the Aston Martin livery. So we're slowly but surely starting to get some of those women named to the F1 livery teams, which um, are not really the teams, they're liveries. Yeah, there's just associations somehow. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of exciting. So there's a lot, I mean, over hopefully the break to, I think that's only the second, maybe the third team to announce. We know um, Bianca Bustamante, she was announced. And then this one, I can't think of if there was a third one. Oh, but I think maybe there was, but I don't remember who it was. Anyways, so we got a lot to look forward to over the break. Um for where that is concerned, because as we know, F1 Academy is going to race alongside F1, not alongside, on the same billing <laughs> for several races this year. So that'll be, give them a lot more exposure, which is going to be great. I love that. Okay. Live deliveries for the final race. Here is, oh, we should have put the warning on here. I just now thought about that. So the McLaren, if you're on our YouTube, they ran a vaping um, livery <laughs> views. And so every photo that they had, they had to have an ad, I mean, a warning at the bottom as part of the photo that said, you know, vaping is not good for your health or whatever. So they actually um, got a lot of, yeah, flack on that from their fans. People not happy since when you think about it, young people make up one of the larger groups of F1 fans nowadays. And people really felt this was not a, a great, um, yeah, not a great move to be running this, especially when tobacco, you can't run tobacco on your car, but you know, why can you do the vaping? Anyways, people not happy with that one, but there it is, special livery. <laughs> Alpha Tower kept their same livery. Um, Williams did something really cool. This week was fan appreciation week for them. And they had 50 different fans come and like tell their story. And they were just thanking the fans all week. And then they took those same 50 fans and put their names um, on the car. So you can see like on, on the rear wing um, in the photos, you've got a whole bunch of names. I think it was on both sides. Um, with her hashtag, join the journey and a thank you. And then there was one, um, I can't see what it says. It says, is this Andrea Davis? Oh, Davis? Yeah, and it was one of the fans, also fan also, and it says thank you. Yeah, so. I think that's great. You know, um, Aston Martin had a bunch of fans in for their IM um, program, fan program that they ran this whole year, which I think was really successful. They had people into their headquarters um, this week too. I just love that the teams are really recognizing the fans and yeah, you know, yeah. doing some special things for some very lucky, some very lucky fans. I, you know what, now that I think about it, I think I entered a contest because James was going to do a, a talk and um, yeah, I guess I didn't win that because I never got a link for it. <laughs> so, But I, again, it's, it's cool because 
you know, even if you're not in England and you can't, you know, go to the the headquarters, you could still be a part of of that. So, you know, maybe more teams will do that next year. I think that's really think cool. And that's something I'd like for us to see. That's something we could even help advertise more to get people involved more. And when we find out, like spread the word, because the more involvement, so I like hyping it up and getting people more excited about the race, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the team. definitely. No, I, I love that. So then Alex Albon had a special helmet um, this race also. I just love me some Alex Albon. He's such a cutie pie. Um, but yeah, with his trademark A and then, um, or AA, I guess it is. And then his number 23 with beautiful colors. I do like it also has a matte look to it. Yeah. Beautiful. I like, I like how it's like, when it's colored in and everything. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. That's really cool design. Nice job, Alex Albon. And then K-Mag, he also had a special, special helmet um, with his Magnus kind of along the side. Very shiny. Very shiny. He's had, what's that's two special helmets in a row for him? Because he had one yeah. in, uh, whatchamacallit, in Vegas. Yeah, I love it. And then Pierre's, this was kind of cool because um, they had fans submit designs. And this was the one that he selected because it had a lot of his um, favorite colors, blacks and golds. Um, he also said it was pretty similar to his normal design with the 10 and stuff on top and his Pierre Gasly logo, but it, it had um, some Arabic lettering on there. And then he said he got out of his comfort zone with the pink. So again, it's still a nod to um, Alpine with their, when they run their pink livery. But and it was, I got some quotes on this one, which I thought were interesting. Oh, tell me. So um, the winner of the competition, it was put on with Binance and Binance with a B. The winner of the competition commented that they were inspired by Binance's brand. They say, quoting, I made black and yellow the predominant colors. I also gave it a glossy surface to invoke the golden color and allude to Arabic culture, along with the Arabic calligraphy on the sides. Since the race will take place at night, I also used the vibrant pink color of another sponsor to create a contrast with the rest of the design, making the helmet stand out under the nighttime lights. Yeah, it really is a nice design. They, I mean, I love the thought that goes behind these, whether it's delivery or a fan design helmet, like people really, you know, they have something very specific in mind, but very nice helmet for the last. I'm glad they shared those comments too, because I'm, I'm just fascinated by art and how people create. So it's just neat to get in their heads and hear the whys. You know, there was like yes. purpose behind it and, you know, a, like a plan or a strategy, if you will, to, yeah. to how they plant it out. It's really cool. That's that's amazing. I love it. And then Charles, oh, I love this helmet. So it says Grazie Ferrari. Um, and it has all of the employees. I mean, or I'm assuming it's all their employees on the top of his helmet. And then it's got the nice, you know, it's got the Italian flag kind of design and then his 16 on the sides. But I think that's such a nice nod. Somebody did that last year. I don't remember if it was Seb or somebody else, but, um, I just think that's so nice. I mean, they do most, I would say all the teams reference their their workers, the ones that are at the track, the ones that stay home and, you know, handle everything back there. But what a nice little nod. And it was cute because he was actually going around the paddock and um, and showing people where their name was. So the guys that were at the track showing where their name was on the helmet, which I think is really adorable. That nice is really awesome. I think that's special. I love that kind of sentimentality. And this one, oh, my heart. Yuki, 
being the global treasure that he is. And that and picture of him in, in France, it's just, oh. That picture with him in France. If you have not seen Yuki's special helmet, please go to our YouTube page and watch this. It is a picture of Franz hugging Yuki. He's got the, Yuki's got the biggest smile on his face. Um, but Yuki said he wanted to create a special helmet um, to thank Franz because we'll, we'll talk about him in a second, but it's his last um, last race. He's retiring. and um, But he wanted to do this because he played such an important role in his career, and he did. Like, honestly, Franz is the one that probably saved Yuki two seasons ago from being let go. He's like, send him to me because Yuki was in England and, and Franz was in Italy. And he's like, send him to me. And he took him under his wing like he does. And we'll talk more about that in a second. But oh, this one just melts my heart. I love it. It's so great. I love, I really do love the picture of the two of them on top of the helmet. I, I don't think it could be any better. Something that really plays into my head too is all I could think of is what you said last week about Yuki keeping his helmets consistent yes. while making them special because you can just see the rest of the Yuki design. And mm -hmm. I, I think it was brilliant how he, he did it. It would be neat. I think one of the things we'll need to do on our recap is just like, and I'll take this on and find all the different special helmets and just see every mm -hmm. driver, each special livery, and really kind of deep delve into that comparatively. I think it'd be kind of cool just to see the the differences over each race. I do too, because even if you compare this to Yuki's special helmet for Vegas, I mean, the leaves are a slightly different color. You know, like everything is kind of taken in because the picture is more of like a black and white sepia-ish you know, I'm probably a mix between those. And so the leaves kind of match and like really bring out the photo a little bit more. So, oh, Yuki. That's awesome. I love, I love him. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So is Christian Horner the new chatty Kathy? She's amazing. <laughs> it has been. So if, you, if you're just listening for the first time, I called Helmet Marco chatty Kathy because dude does not stop talking and saying ridiculous things. But I feel like over the last couple of weeks, that's been Christian Horner. Like he is, and I don't even think we talked about it. I don't remember, but um, he's been going on. So this week in an interview early in the week, he said that Lewis approached him earlier this year about driving for Red Bull. So remember the whole first part of the year, we're like, is Mercedes going to sign Lewis? You know, Toto say yes. And so here comes Christian Horner this week talking about how Lewis approached him to, um, maybe discuss coming to Red Bull. Lewis is like, mm -mm, no, no, I, he's making things up. I don't know where he's getting that. I haven't talked to Christian Horner in years. And he emphasized that in his um, press conference. And he said he double checked with his team. Nobody had talked to him. They all assured him. And Lewis did say, Christian actually reached out to me earlier this year, but he reached out on an old phone number and Lewis didn't get that message until much later. Still, Lewis didn't talk to him. So after he comes out and says that, now Christian has to backtrack and say, well, no, you know, it was Lewis's dad that texted me. I've known him for, you know, 15 years or whatever. And he said um, that Lewis's dad texted an inquiring and suggestive question. And he's like, I don't think he was inquiring for himself. But then Christian admitted he never, there was never any engagement with Lewis. So well, I, don't I saw some fan sites talking about how, and I, I don't know the truth or validity of this, but how 
closest dad has not been involved at the team level in a long time, right? No, so let's replace him. Be like, oh, I'm checking him, blah blah blah. Because obviously, these race parents are like, you know, parents of other elite athletes that sometimes are just a little up into their business a little too much. Yeah, and he very well could have just reached out because he has interest and was trying to float the idea. So if he found something good, he could then bring it to Lewis. But it's it's disconnected, guys. It's disconnected. Right. Lewis had no idea. Right. It's just the the the, the trolls the, the trolls on on the internet were just hysterical to watch it back and forth. Oh. oh my goodness! I do like that Lewis also said, you know, when people want to kind of, and this is not a quote, but basically like when people want to be relevant or they want attention, all they have to do is drop my name, and you know, and basically like this is what Christian was doing. He dropped my name because he wanted some attention. And you know, to stir things up. So yeah, it's to stir things up because why do you need attention? You guys are about to pull off a one-two in the driver standings and this great number of points in the constructor and, and all that. You, you don't need anything else. There's nothing no. else needed. No. Like, I just, the, the more and more um I think about like the people like the Christian and the helmet, they're at Rebel, I think they're just so messy. They seem like a bunch of like, you know chatty Cathy's that sit around and talk blank you know, all the time and just want to sit there and stir the pot. Like you don't have anything else to do because maybe you did secure everything. So you're just going to stir the pot and throw these little blurbs out there, you know, knowing that it's going to get a lot of play. It's just very messy. I think like in I your ego more than it needs to, like you don't need to go. It's like, what? I mean, if Hamilton had made second in the driver's standing, there would have been a different angle. Oh, he, he really wants to be with us. Or now it's like, oh, because he's third. It's like, well, you know, he's not good enough or whatever. You know, it's yeah. just not that yeah. upset, but there's just so much that could be turned into when you're that good. And, and I, you and I were just talking about this the other day. I just, I don't see a lot of posturing in F1 that you see in a lot of other sports. Yeah, You see a little more humility and a little more of recognizing this team is good. This driver's really good. That car is really good. You know, da, da, da. Um, but at the same time, then you get some of this, it's like, and, and then it just dawned on me, what are we just trying to get a little more controversy for the drive to survive series? Cause they need something. Know. Maybe, maybe that was something they're filming. I have no idea. Bull was never fully on board with that at the beginning. They, you know, Max didn't want to participate in the first couple of years. So I don't know. But to, to Christian's disappointment because he seems like the one type that would want to be in, I in the like limelight. He's always the one that's like doing the post race interviews too, right? Like he's like the one principal that's out there, like, sure, I'll make time to, to hop on before he, we even get there. Like right before the race. He's, I don't know that's how many times. Every he's race always, he's like that. that. That would be an stat to go and see how many times has the F1 TV talked to Christian Horner before a race? Because <laughs> I swear there are the others. You have to compare yeah. it to the other principles. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it's way more because it's usually you see him. It's like, oh, look, Christian Order, he's coming to see us. And it's not like, oh, he just happened to walk by. He will no. stand there and wait to get on yes. TV. That's exactly it. He will stand there and wait and be like, oh, sure, I'll talk to you. No, he, he wants <laughs> to be on. Yeah, he wants to be on. Christian is, he's becoming more and more messy in my book, and I do not like it. Um, as I mentioned, the this is revelations happen sometimes just live during our recording. <laughs> the what? 
Like some of these revelations that come up with just got alive while we're recording. We didn't yeah. even plan for that, but that, that's hysterical. Anyway, it's a stream of consciousness. Um, so like I mentioned, it's Franz, uh, Franz Toss' last race. He is going to stay on as a consultant with AlphaTauri or Running Bulls or whatever. What do we call them now? Not the Running Bulls. The uh, just Racing Bulls. Racing Bulls. Running Bulls is a movie, I think. Um Anyway, so he, I think, is going to stay on as a consultant for a little bit, but today was his last race as principal. And I really wanted to go back and, like, jot down some of the main things about him because he brought a lot of world drivers that ended up being world champions, brought them in young, worked with them, and went on to be world champions. He's got such a pedigree in the sport, and Max is one of them. So when he brought Max in, he said that people were like, what do you do? Like, why would you bring in somebody who, who doesn't even have a license? Like, cause he was so young. Max was, was, you can no longer, I think he was 16 or 17 when he started and you can't be that young anymore um, entering F1. But Franz told everybody, give him five years. I know what I'm doing. Talk, come back to me in five years. I'm not gonna justify this to you right now. And he's a three time world champion. And I thought it was really interesting before the race that a lot of principals and Max was standing there waiting to greet Franz. And Max, at, even at the end, thanked him on his radio message at the end of the race today. Thanked Franz, um, you know, for being such a big part of, of his career because he knows that's who brought him into Formula One. So he Franz has a, an amazing history, um, you know, maybe maybe. In our recap, we can talk more about that, but he will be missed. And and again, like Yuki said, you know, he he Yuki knows he would not be in this sport if it wasn't for Franz saving him. Um, and he just he's the young driver whisperer, so he's going to be very missed. That's for sure. So that was it for for this week that I can think of. <laughs> That's enough. We got the race, and then wrapping yeah. up. Yes. So let's talk FP1. Just really quickly, if you didn't watch it, we had 10, and I'm going to use quotes, rookies um, driving in FP1. So we talked about this before, and Claire had mentioned the rule in a previous um, episode, but you have to have at least um, one, you have to allow at least one non-F1 driver or rookie or whatever you want to call them to race your car. So it does tend to happen at the end of the season where you'll have a lot of teams do that. And there were 10 of them in FP1. So half the field in FP1. And it's per car. So it's not two per, car. per year per team. It's per one per car, which is why yeah. it's two. Yes. So that's why just because um, like Liam drove multiple times, you know, you know, he counted there, but I don't know if that, I have to go back and see if the actual rookies this year counted for their first couple races. But anyway, but yeah, that's why we saw both of the Red Bulls out and, and the, the FP1 being driven by rookies. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Pato Award was one of the, the rookies out there. Again, I, I use that term loosely because he does race for Aero McLaren in the Indy series. Um, and he's going to continue to do that, but he was announced as the McLaren reserve driver. So he was out there. Ollie Behrman, my little favorite, is um, he was out there again driving for Haas, and he's going to be driving for them during the young driver test that's going to take place Tuesday. Um, so they do, if you're not aware, like Claire kind of was, was saying, is they do drive 
the F1 driver's car. It's not like they bring in other cars and let the the rookies drive those. They're driving Max's car. They're driving Checo's car. And it was interesting because a lot of those rookies had some snaps and quite a few of them saved the cars from from getting uh, crashed, from crashing. It was kind of insane to, to watch, like how many of them were saying, oh, had a snap there, you know, had a snap or I saved it. Um, it was insane. But I think the standout this go round was Felipe Drogovic, who was driving for Aston Martin. Yes. Um, he was driving Fernando's car, right? Because I think um, Lance yeah. was out there looking like he was a rookie. Um, but yeah, he ended up in second on merit, ended up in second in FP, FP1. So granted, half the team, half the field is rookies, but he was behind. Yeah, he, was was ahead. yeah he was ahead of the other uh, other drivers because I was thinking the same thing. Oh, well, you know, if he's just beating rookies, but the other people who were on the session with him, if you look at it, because first was George Russell, yeah. then they, then Danny, Valtteri, yeah. Lance, Oscar, Carlos, um, and, yeah. and then we had another rookie, and then Pierre, Yuki, Logan. So yeah. those are not necessarily, and KMAG was like 19, but those aren't necessarily like the easiest names to, to be ahead of, you know. Yeah. I mean, Carlos, for goodness sakes, didn't uh, have the, he wasn't having a good weekend, but I mean, even you know, with Danny Rick and whatnot. So I, I thought it was interesting. And um, it's amazing. You're saying, saying rookie either. I, and I remember the definition, so I grabbed it. So a, the sports definition of a rookie driver is one who has started two or fewer Grand Prix. Okay. Yeah. So that's and that's the majority the of these guys have, have not. They have raced in other other areas, like the Indy series, but they're not. And an F1 Grand Prix. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because there were quite a few. Um, I know Tio, uh, Porsche, and Ollie, at, at least those two, uh, might have been more. They were also racing in the F2 finale this weekend. And so yeah. poor Ollie had to, he had a half an hour by the time he got out of his um, Haas in FP1 to go change and get ready for, um, I don't know if it was their qualifying, they had a sprint weekend. Um, but he barely had any time. And both him and Teo said having to adjust from going from an F1 car back to their F2 cars, they both struggled with that. And I think that's so interesting because that really tells the difference. Like some people are like, well, what's the difference in F F1 car? Oh, there's a difference. Like the the speed, everything is is different. So they admitted it was a little tricky. Um to go from F1 to back to their F2 cars. But also on a side note, Teo won the F2 championship. Um, I think Frederick, who also drove in FP1 for Mercedes, was 11 points behind him, so finished in second. So, And this weekend, um, uh, Jack Dewan won the race, and Vesti uh, won the sprint race. For oh, okay, nice. Yeah, oh, Jack Dewan was another one then who went from, because he was driving in FP1 again. Um, so he was another one that went over to, um, F2. That's a lot of work this weekend. You have a sprint race and you're driving <laughs> in F1. Holy, holy. That's a lot of work. Good for Jack. That's awesome. Um, okay. FP2. Oh my Lord. Carlos signs hitting turn three hit, hit it so hard. So, so hard. So he, he hit a bump in the road and 
granted, it's not the same conditions as Vegas, but very similar to what happened to Lando in the Vegas race. But what's interesting is, so I watched FP2 before I watched FP1. I just watched FP1 last night. Um, and what's interesting is how many drivers were complaining about that bump on turn three. And that's where quite a few of the rookies were catching themselves. Um, Robert Schwartzman, who is the reserve driver for Ferrari, was driving um, Charles' car in FP1. And he said he hit the same bump, but was able to catch it before you know, he spun like Carlos did. What I think is also interesting is after that hard hit, the track people shaved down that bump before qualifying on Saturday. So apparently an issue, but it, it took Carlos out. Like well, oh, they, yeah. they talked about though, and you could see even in the race today, just how low Ferrari was running that car. Cause they, they are sparking up so much more than everybody else. I watched the slow-mo yeah. recreation and analysis of that, of that, wreck and you can just see that you know him hitting bottoming out like three times that first one's what knocked him off and then he like talking yeah. i think skipping across the water yeah they're, they're skipping it and i think back to you know vegas and then hitting again hitting it because they're running so low hitting that drain cover um yeah yeah i don't uh i don't know how low they were running in vegas but for here they, they were running it lower than anybody else like yeah, Really low. So that was just not good because also like ugh, Carlos, the weekend, I feel like with him, if it goes great, you know, instantly, like in, in FP1, if it's not going to be a great weekend and then he starts, I feel like getting maybe a little, not skittish, but maybe not as confident, like, you know, it immediately, you know, it immediately. And that did not help. And then we barely get going after that red flag and Nico hits the wall. So hardly anybody had running time because in practice even if it's a red flag the time is ticking down you don't yeah. get that stop so i think when nico hit there was one driver who had seven laps and that was it <laughs> so and 10 drivers didn't even do fp1 because again as we were saying the rookies were there so there was a lot of people just not getting um the data that they were wanting and then you have max who's irritated by everybody. And this is not the first race where he's done it, but leaving the pit lane, which at Abu Dhabi is a little different. It goes under the track and it's like a little tunnel. He's going up the side because he felt everybody in front of him was going too slow. And then he tried to blame the Mercedes cars for pushing him into the wall, which didn't happen. You are literally going up the side. Like I was thinking, it's like when you're on the freeway. Yeah, and you're right going to the shoulder. <laughs> Yeah. And then somebody like comes up this, like they think they're going to be sneaky and they're riding the shoulder and they're just trying to get a, like one car ahead of you. Come on. That was exactly what, what he was doing. And then uh, it's, and he's done it before he's done it the last couple races, I want to say, but the race director said no more. So as of, I guess, Saturday couldn't do it anymore. They said, you can't overtake on the pit exit. Like stop it. Ridiculous. Um, not much to talk about FP3. I think, yeah, 13 minutes into practice, nobody really had any times. But Quali, let's talk about that. About that, I was, of course, it was driving me nuts because they're just like not doing anything. <laughs> I thought about you, like everybody's sitting in the garage. <laughs> like, 
at the 14 minute mark is when the Red Bulls went out. And I'm like, oh, Claire is not going to like this. <laughs> I mean, I know it's not going to get them too much data, but considering, you know, especially the drivers, that the cars that had rookies driving their car the previous day and FP2 went the way it did. I don't know why more weren't out there just, just, know. you know, but hey. But then when they did go out, you had, everybody was out. Once the Mercedes, once the, I'm sorry, the Red Bulls pulled out, then here come all the other cars right behind them. And at one point there was seven cars on fast laps, like seven. That's a, that's a lot. Like talk about, like, I'm surprised there wasn't, you know, a lot of impeding, but there wasn't. Um, track evolution was, was major throughout the whole thing. Um, but Williams kept trying to do this tactic it where they like would send their cars out while everybody else was in the pits. But then it was like the track evolution is going to be better for the other cars. But then at the yep. same time, like both Logan before his lap times were deleted and Alex were actually doing, you know, pretty well. They kept jumping up there. So I don't know, but lap times were being deleted. And uh, this was the first time they were using AI to monitor it. So remember, I was it last week or two weeks ago, we talked about how they, the FIA said, we've got to, we've got to figure out, or the stewards said, we've got to figure out how to do better with track limit violations. And boom, they were testing it this weekend. Yeah. So what they were doing is they drew a line where the limit is, and then we're using, um, basically the, com the computer systems to notify the stewards if a car had violated track limits. So then they could be notified more quickly that it happened and it still required a human to validate that it was actually a track limit violation. That's cool. So then That's that way they're not looking at a bunch of false positives too. So that was yeah. really cool. That's very cool. And I do think they were much more timely with those because that yeah. was one of the biggest issues is, you know, even during qualifying or, you know, during the race, it was drivers were finding out about lap violations 20 minutes after it happened. And so they may have had two more in that time frame. And then all of a sudden they're like five second penalty. They're like, what? So hopefully the AI, I do feel like it was more timely. So maybe that is a good sign for next year. Let's hope. Cause I mean, track limit violations played, that was like, for sure, one of the, the key words this year, I think, compared to other years. Um, pit lane was so slow. Carlos was worried at the toward you know towards the end of Q1 when everybody's starting to go back out onto track. Carlos was worried. Max, Max, the complainer, um, said this is unnecessarily slow. No, and you can literally hear GP sigh. He's a heavy <laughs> sigh. He's like, this was the decision that was made. And I'm thinking GP's being nice and not saying, Max, you caused this. Like with you running up the side during free practice, the race director said, you can't do that anymore. So now guess what? Now we get to go slow. So zip it. <laughs> zip it, Zippy. Zip it. Zip that lip. Zip it. Oh, but GP, I'm going to miss some of those. That's another thing we should do is put together some of their radio messages that <laughs> like some of those saucy little things, but um, out in Q1 was freaking Carlos signs. I could not believe it. Well, like you said, he was having a, the, the whole week just kind of spiraled after. I could not believe it. He was blaming it on traffic and then saying the Mercs did something. Uh, they did it on purpose. They jumped in front of him, but 
you know what? I don't know. Like, did this? What were they doing? Just the strategy. Well, like, obviously, we, we, had to, we had to get second in the constructor, and your one of your best drivers is out in Q one. What? Ridiculous! Absolutely ridiculous. But so he was out. Logan had zero time. No time for Logan. Logan was swept in. Well, he, he hit two of his lap times deleted. That's so that's right. why he had no time. So he yeah. had two good times. He actually had a really good time. Yeah. Um, but his lap times were deleted because of track limits. Track limits. They get him a lot this year. A lot. That's for sure. Um, Joe was out. Botas was out. And Kate Mag was out. But yeah, there was less than a half a second from Verstappen to where the drop zone was. That's, that's exciting. Crazy. That's yeah. exciting. Let's let's just say it. So Q2, the only driver on new towers was Max. So of course his times were amazing because everybody else was on use for the most part. Um, Yuki looking awesome. Alex, he did a lap early and then stayed in the pits. I know. And, and then look what it did to him. Yep. Look what he did to him. Because when all the other ones, because I was sitting there talking to my partner about, okay, look, Alonzo hit... I think he hit like fifth or something, fourth or fifth. I'm like, okay, then he's going to be safe. And he just looked at me but because there's like six other drivers that can get ahead of him and he'll just make it to P10 as long as it's in the top 10. Like he just, he's got to do that. But if other drivers come out and push him, you know, and these, these drivers, I'm like, why is Alvon still in the pits? And he needs to come out because his time is going to get pushed further and further and he's out. Yeah. Yeah. They must've, I don't know. They must've just known like he wasn't, I don't, I really don't know. I, I haven't heard anything, but I wasn't on my social media too much yesterday to hear if James had any wise words, but Hamilton was knocked out in Q2. That was also a surprise. George, his teammate actually knocked him out by eight hundredths of a second. Albon was out. Ocon was out. Stroll was out. Ricardo was out. Lewis not been happy with the car for the last two years. And he told him, he's like, there's something not right with this car. I, he, probably more than anybody is going to be happy to get rid of that car this year. I'm sure today he was celebrating that that car is, is done. Like they're re totally redoing the car for next year. And I bet he is none too happy that couldn't come any sooner, but Hulkenberg got through to Q3. He has out qualified K mag. I don't even know by like 75% or something. He has, really pulled that car into Q3 several times this year. So uh -huh. that's pretty exciting for him. Um, Q3, Charles frustrated with the car. He pulls into the pits. He's like, I don't, I don't know what's going on with this thing. Norris, Lando, also not having an a, amazing weekend, but on the last turn, slides a little bit. Just that whoops. And uh, he didn't lose it. He kept it. But by doing that, he opened the door. And sure enough, two cars later, Oscar comes through and jumps into P2 um, at the time. Because then here comes Charles. Where did that lap even come from? He <laughs> Charles can pull it out. Charles can pull it out when he needs, when he needs to, when he wants to, whatever you want to say. And he ended up in P2. And that's his fifth race in a row being on the front row. Like, that's amazing. He's had a great last few races also. Um, so Piastri finished third um, there. 
but he and Gasly had to go to the stewards for impeding. But Oscar got a pass. I don't even think he got any kind of fine. There was no penalty, no nothing. Um, He, the stewards decided he didn't do anything to affect Pierre. Pierre actually himself said in his meeting with the stewards that it didn't affect him at all. You know, he had had a track limit before that. He said, Oscar didn't interfere with my lap. They noticed that he had a personal best um, sector time right in there. And he went, he went right past Oscar right after that happened. So they said, there's, there's nothing here. So boom, done. Anyways, that was kind of interesting. You know, the extra just to really dig into it too. What's that? I'm glad they went the extra mile to dig into all the the implications, right? It wasn't just impeding for impeding sake. Did it have an impact? Did it do something? Did it cause a negative outcome? You know, and all that. Yeah. And I appreciate Pierre, you know, coming in and saying, no, he didn't affect me because he, he, he could, he or any driver could have come in and been like, yeah, like <laughs> he did and give him, you know, give him a penalty or, you know, whatever, but what is that going to do? It's not going to put Pierre up any higher. So, you know, um, so that was good, but the race today. Okay. I'm not going to be sad about having to get up at five 30 in the morning. <laughs> For a while. <laughs> the race was on at 6 a.m. my time. Um, so I did watch it from bed. But uh yeah, not gonna miss that. But the the start, I was I was ready. I was like, what's I was screaming. I was just like, oh my gosh. I, I really thought Charles was gonna do it. I thought I he was gonna too. I I'm so impressed with his driving and his determination and how hard he stayed and pushed back. I'm sure Max was like, what the heck? Oh I, my God. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. Like Max is under, he does not like to be under pressure. And Charles was right on him, right on him. Like boom. And I, I wish he would have just really gone for it and got past him. He, he may not have kept that position, but I wish he would have just break a little differently, but I get it. Like you want the points. Charles wanted nothing more than to get second place. For the constructor today yeah so i think maybe they were keeping it you know pretty <laughs> let's just run a race something though oh my gosh so amazing i was sitting i was definitely sitting up like yeah and then that was one of my favorite parts of the whole race was just how how hard he fought that that was exciting yeah that was amazing i was kind of honestly surprised that there wasn't a little bit more mayhem um you know, in, at the start, because we've had mayhem at the start for the last several races. Um, yeah, after that, I was like, did I miss something? Did something happen? And then they showed the back of the pack coming around and crashed together. I'm like, huh? Oh, it was yeah. nothing. Huh? <laughs> that part was okay. Anxiety. Anxiety, the PTSD. We've got trauma. We're just expecting it to happen. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, that me too. I'm like, it's, it's going to happen. I know. And then it's like, what? Wait, we're okay. We're everybody's good. Okay. But Hulk did drop six spots at the beginning. So Haas, like seriously, Albon was down four, but Haas, like, can you believe it? I feel like the season, they finished 10th today. So they're a last in the constructor again. They've had some like these really awesome like moments again, where Hulkenberg finishes in, in Q3 and he's in the top 10. And then it all goes away. Like within a few laps, I think every race he's back down at the bottom of the pack. 
like, oh, it was just so sad. It was so sad. And then you had Kevin in on lap six for new tires. So I don't know if, I don't know if they confirmed, did he have a puncture? I I didn't hear. I just heard that there might've been a puncture. So I'm not sure if it actually was a puncture or not. I can go check that because Haas is like, they, they like live stream everything that they're doing on their, their, their Twitter. Oh, they do? Yeah, it's like they, they, they post like crazy during races. Like, oh. this is happening. This is happening. Yeah, this is happening. So let's see if they I mean, say it's what It's not happens. that exciting for them. I love Haas. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I don't think this year turned out how they wanted it to. And I think that that seeing Hulkenberg drop six spots in on the first lap is just kind of indicative of their, their whole season. Like, uh 10th in the constructor today and K Mag and they they have to be somewhat towards the bottom of the driving championship. Um Alpine, boy, Gasly was not a happy camper today. Um, or they were just playing a lot of his his radio. So he was very upset that they allowed Ocon, his teammate, to undercut him. And he was on the radio chattering wow. to his his engineer, like, you're going to have to explain that to me. How do we allow, you know, my teammate to undercut me? And he wasn't the only driver to undercut Gasly, but that was the one he was talking about. So he was not thrilled. Um, And then later on was asking, you know, why is their car so slow? He was, I I mean, I don't know if he thought he was going to battle for the front. I mean, of course they all want to, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he started, where did he start? He started P10. Yeah. And, and Ocon he, was behind him. And so, dropped P13. Was that where he finished 13? Yeah. Where did Ocon finish? 12th. Oh, <laughs> He's still not happy. You know what I wonder? Like by four seconds. It wasn't by a little bit, by four Ooh. seconds. Wow. Yeah, I think Pierre always likes to think he is the faster car, but sometimes he's not. Not between those two. Where did they finish? Can you see where they finished in the driver championship? I'm just curious because Ocon has, they both had a podium this year, right? Gasly um, is the head of Ocon, 11th and 12th. Gasly beat him out by four points. Ooh, four points. Ooh, okay. Wow. Very close. All right, 11th and 12th. Okay, so they're just outside the top 10. That's another team next year that I wonder, like, what are they going to do with it? They have all these these investors, right? All these celebrity investors and everything. Oh, and it's like, what are they going to do with the car? You know, what what's going to happen there? So I don't know. We'll have to see. Alpha Tauri today. Mm, my little Yuki. So at the beginning, oh, again, melting my heart as they're doing the formation lap. Yuki. Oh, no. Yuki has his little message to Franz. Just thank you for, you know, supporting me. And I wish I would have copied down what he said, but it was so sweet just to thank you. And I hope we have a great race today. And he really loves Franz and he really wanted to, to do well. And he did because you know what, for a while, Yuki was in third place when Lando and George both boxed. And then he became the race leader and he led the race for several laps before Max took back over and Max took over because Yuki went in the pits, but Yuki did not realize that he was leading the race. That was he, so had sweet. No, 
he had no idea. He's like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Um, after the race in the press conference, he said, oh, I didn't realize that. And they said, well, now you can go watch it and see that you were in first. And he's also the only only the second Japanese driver to lead a Grand Prix. So that's a fun little stat for, for Yuki. So he really did great. I think he finished, what, seventh? Fernando overtook him right at the end or towards and the end. And he got driver of the day. <gasps> Yuki got driver of the day? I didn't know that. Yay, that's amazing. Oh, I love it. Daniel's race was, and granted, I feel like they did kind of screw up the strategy for Yuki um, finishing seventh, but Daniel had to come in on lap eight because there was a one of those tear-off things in his brake duct. So that was not part of their, their plan. But what sucks is, um, I think, did they end up just one point behind Williams in the constructor? Or time? They, time? Are, they ended up oh. three points behind Williams. That's right, because Fernando took over um, sixth place. So, I mean, even today, though, they tried. Yuki did his best. Yuki really tried. They kind of screwed up the strategy. Daniel did not get, you know, he had that unlucky part. But I think the last two races, like Alpha Tauri, going to be racing bulls probably, um, have been looking pretty good. And we talked about how for next year, Alpha Tauri was going to follow as much as possible on um, the Red Bull 19, this year's Red Bull's car. So next year, they could be, we could be seeing Yuki more at the top of the the leaderboard. Very well could be. It would be kind of cool. It would be very cool. I really would love to love to see that. So we'll see what next year. Oh, I'm ready for next year already. I can't wait to see what happens. Um, Williams, oi. So they just, from the beginning, um, at the very beginning, they were running behind the Alpha Tauris. I, I was a little concerned, um, but they did keep seventh in the constructor. And James Bowles did, uh, we'll talk about Logan here in just a little bit, but James Bowles did talk about during um, his press conference after the race that he's happy that they made the decision to start to just kind of abandon this car for this year. They're just going to get through the rest of the year and start working on the car for 2024. So I think that's another team <laughs> that, that maybe next year could make a giant, a giant step. So we're going to have to see that could be really, 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 really interesting. Um, we're going to We'll talk about Red Bull at the end. So Carlos, Carlos started on hards. They pitted him for more hards. And then on the last lap, 57 or 58, um, they had to obviously change the tires because if you're fairly new to F1, you have to have more than one tire compound. And so they, they brought him in. Um, I think you said, Claire, that they were tired, but he was showing up as 17th um, in the final race standings. But you're yeah, on the showing up, but it, was, it showed him as retired on the um, live timing, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, he is marked on, he is marked on the finish being the last, the results as a DNF. Oh. But, but the last two are lapped. So as soon as the last person comes across in lap 58, they don't they don't let you finish the rest of it. So he was yeah. ahead of them, I guess. So Botos got 19th and K Mac 20th. So Carlos kept 
his 18th slot. They all, they all did 57 laps. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Just not a great weekend for him at all. Like I think that they, what the, yeah, they pitted him um, on lap 24 coming, he comes out on hearts again. Like, I just don't get that. I think that even at one point he came on and he's like, what's our race plan? Like he's I'm lost. I don't know what we're doing. And I think they just messed up his strategy altogether. Like, yeah, he started 15th or 16th or whatever it was. I think it was 15th. But then he was up in the top 10 because of all the pit stops. And it's like, how, how do we end up this way? Well, I don't get it. It was just a, I just feel for him because he overall had a really good year. He's the only driver beside like non-Red Bull driver to win a race this season. And I feel bad that this is how his season ended. Like with such a horrible, horrible weekend and an awful race, like just ugh, terrible. But for Charles, it was the opposite. Charles, like like you said, the beginning of that race was amazing. He was on the mediums longer than anybody else. He was the last car from the top to, to pit. Like, he was just doing amazing. And then at the end, Charles, with the strategy, like, he he said earlier this week, he nothing is more important to him in this race than getting second in the constructor. And so him coming up with the strategy to let Checo past him, go past him. And then that way, knowing the five second penalty, as long as he stayed close, he would drop behind. So they could keep George Russell from getting onto the podium, like, and, and getting second. I mean, it was like this, this not to, and so for Charles, as he's driving to come up with this whole thing and they executed it, but it still didn't work because uh, with the five-second penalty, George was still too close um, yep. to Checo. And George ended up on the podium, and Mercedes ended up. With and I kept, I kept on that when that was going on, I kept going, why are they not? And maybe he just his car just couldn't do it. But why aren't they telling Norris to speed up? Because if he could have stayed less than five seconds gap between him and Perez, Perez would have fallen behind him as well. Oh, I don't know. I guess at that point, it's like, I don't know how far back Norris was. He, if he, he ended up being, um, from Perez, after the penalty, he was two and a half seconds back. But at one point, he was like right on it and it would have, you know, but then it yeah. just kept getting worse, and worse over the last few laps. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. It was so much drama at the end because with Charles coming up with this plan, sacrificing his own like standings. And then, um, then you have Lewis battling Yuki, and he passed him, but couldn't keep the position because even if Charles' plan worked perfectly, if Lewis got past Yuki a little further back, it would have been like, you know, it wouldn't have mattered. They Mercedes. Well, and what would have happened if, if the stewards got in there and Red Bull challenged that and got it overturned somehow, and then he doesn't get the five second penalty? I didn't know if that was a possibility. And then Perez keeps his spot. Yeah, like that was dangerous to let him pass. Oof! It was. I mean, boy, oh boy, oh boy, that was all just drama. I was stressing out big time <laughs> watching all of that. But Charles really carried the team this weekend. He really, really, really did. Like that was that was all Charles. The whole jumping ahead and qualifying, getting up onto the front row today, like 
maintaining his second place and then working the whole strategy, like all of that just, it, it's just yep. crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, and then you had George who to me, like, I just kept thinking the whole race, he's relentless. He is relentless. That whole battle he had with Oscar and Oscar defending it beautifully. Don't give me like Oscar has been amazing this year with defending and overtaking. He's had some really, really good moves. Um, you know, he was really also helping keep George away from Lando towards the beginning, but George ended up getting through and he really, you could tell he wanted it. He wanted to at the very least be on that podium today. It was insane. He even tried to convince the team to do a one-stop. And he was like, no, they said, no, 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 no. It's too, too long of the race. Um, and he came out just ahead of Lando. Like, that was a massive, that was massive. Um, so, I mean, George, he, he wanted it. He really, really did. And then Hamilton, I mean, where did he end up? Eighth? Yes, he finished... No, Hamilton finished. Oh wait, that's fastest laps. He finished ninth. Oh, he was eighth. Oh, okay. Oh, he was eighth. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, Hamilton. He tried. <laughs> he tried. He got up into the points, which is more than Carlos did. Um. So there you have it. Um, you know, interesting. Charles back to Frederick. Charles in the fifth in the driver's standing, but he and Alonso had the same points. Oh, interesting. I knew I knew Alonzo got fourth. So maybe it's based on podiums. I, can we find out how they do a tiebreaker? Because Alonzo is, is, they both have 206 points. Lando Norris, 205. Yeah. I mean, that battle for fourth that, is ridiculous. And that's why I don't understand why McLaren did not push him to be like, you need to stay less than five seconds gap from Perez. And I kept watching their gaps the last like five or six laps. Cause like if he stayed less than five second gap of Perez, yeah. then Perez would have been behind him and he would have scored even more points. And then he would have actually been fourth in the constructors. That would have been fourth. That would have been major. That would have been his highest finish yet. Oh my gosh. And Fernando, that's his highest finish in what they say, like 10 years. Yeah. Craziness. And I mean, again, that battle for fourth was nuts. It, it dropped Carlos all the way down to seventh because Fernando, Lando, and Charles all went ahead of Carlos because of his crappy weekend. Terrible weekend. Terrible, terrible. So yeah. And Fernando, again, he passed Yuki towards the end. Um, but he's telling his his engineer, we're the slowest on the straights by far. Absolutely the slowest. Crazy. But did you see the little brake check that he did on Lewis? Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. He, he was noted for driving erratically, but I don't know um, <laughs> if anything came of that or, you know, whatever. Um yeah, I don't I don't know what happened there, but he fully did break check Lewis, and that is definitely pretty dangerous. Um McLaren, I don't know, like they started off good. They were just kind of there, like you know, Lando got screwed by the 5.1 second pit stop. That's probably that their was. worst pit stop of the year, and that allowed George to get out ahead of him because they both pitted at the same time, and that probably 
did have like a domino effect on even the second place in the constructor because he got out ahead of him. He could never catch back up. Never answer. Tell me. It is based on podiums or wins. wins. Neither one of them won this year. It would then go off of their second places and then their third places. Just that, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, Fernando had one, two, three second place finishes this year. Charles had one second place finish this year. And well, no, wait, no I'm gonna he go would have had Las Vegas in this one for sure. I'm sorry. He had, I didn't finish the scroll. So let me go back. Fernando had one, two, three of those. <laughs> And then Charles had one, two, three, and because including today, because they're tied, then they go to third place wins. Well, Charles had one, two, three third place wins, and Fernando had one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. So it's because of the podiums. Yeah, I had a feeling it was the podiums. Nice, Fernando. The beginning of this year really paid off. At the end of the year, <laughs> yeah, all the third places at the beginning of the year. Yeah, because they, they not only did they tie points, they tied in no wins and tied in the number of second place wins. So it was the third place wins that the third place podiums is what got Fernando ahead of him in the, in the driver standing. Wow. Oh my goodness. That was a major battle for fourth. Like seriously, I can't even believe it. Um, oh, there's a siren going by. So apologize if my dog starts howling. <laughs> I guess you get the sirens going by. George, he was so. Did you see the like the smile on his face when he got out of the car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so sweet. He wanted, he wanted it. Um, Red Bull though, Perez. Holy moly! I still don't understand. Honestly, I don't understand the five second penalty with Lando for causing a collision. Because, I mean, they both went on. They bumped tires, but like. I don't know. Is it's the collision, the forcing off the track part. I, that's, I got to thinking about it more. I don't and think Orlando way out into that colored area. Like, the oh, we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the only thing I can think of it is because of that part. Because they said an accident and forcing off the track, like connected to the boat. And that's the only thing. Because even the commentators were talking about that too, because it, it seemed to not have a material impact, but did it not? Because Lando was. Continue to get slower, and Lando's had really good speeds lately. And I don't know, we don't know if it had an impact to him, honestly. But Perez did end up getting ahead, and Perez did yeah. end up you know, finishing ahead, and, and all yeah. of that. So, yeah, um, I just know. think like the, this final race for Perez again is like just a repeat of his whole season where you know he, he, I mean, he didn't qualify poorly, but. He really just has to, he gives himself extra work and having to work his way back up through the field. No one was talking about that through the whole race that he was surgically just driving his way all the way. I mean, that was amazing. It's actually yeah. really good. And all I can think of as long as he doesn't make a mistake, he's going to be P2. And I didn't even think about it a split second. Yeah. Well, Perez will get to P2. Nah, he's not going to pull it off that solid two weeks in a row. And <clears> then he started, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, he really, a, another very good drive by him. Really good drive. He could have been on the podium except for that five-second penalty. For sure, obviously, Charles would not have let him get into second. But, um, you know, he would. He worked his way up to 30, worked his way up to the podium. So very, very good drive. That's, that's pretty, from ninth, that's pretty good. 
Yeah, that's really good. And then Max, 19 races that he's won this year. And remember, we had 23, but we didn't do Imola. So 22, he's won 19 out of 22 races. Is that is that yeah. correct? No. Yeah. yeah. Didn't Perez won more, more than one by now or Perez and Charles? Okay. I was thinking Perez won more than one race. I've got it up here, Han. Regardless, he, he did. First, 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 fifth in Singapore. First, 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 first. Is, is, is Red Bull. Red Bull has been first yeah. in all races except Singapore. But how many did Checo win? I thought he won more than one. Checo. He had 23 races this year, so. Actually, I'm going to go back to them. Let's see. Oh, yeah, that would be You're right. You're right. No, Max did not win. You're right. Max did not win Saudi. He did not yeah. win Azerbaijan. And he did not win Singapore. That that makes sense. So he he won 19. Two were won by um, Perez and one by Carlos. So, yeah, yeah that's the three. Yep. Yeah. And then he led 1,000 laps this season. That's a record. It's hard to say always record because we have more races than we've ever had, but 1,000 laps he led this year. That is insane. Like, that is crazy. They completely dominated the season. Max completely yeah. dominated his Absolutely. season. Absolutely. That's what did. And you bring up a good point. That's something we've got to remember, too, that each this season and next season is going to be even more. We're going to see more records being broken just simply because, when, especially with their lengths and long, you know, numbers cumulative, because there's just more opportunity to race season yeah. after season from 19, you know, 18 races, 19 races to 22 races, 24 races. We're supposed to we're 24 on the calendar next year, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but the percentage, if you go and you look at, he's won, I think, 85, 86% of the races. And if we go back and look at the others and do a percentage, I think that's, I'll do that as part of one of our recaps. That's a, yeah. that's a comparative to look at is the percentage. Yes, a thousand laps, but what percentage of laps has he led as compared to the others? You know, that, that, yeah. that would be a little more even ground in our yeah. mathematical. I think he's still going to be pretty high, but. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just been such a, a thing to watch, right? Like we ha we were not fans or we haven't been around when other drivers were dominating, you know, like Michael Schumacher and even, you know, some of the other ones. So to witness like such a yep. year is is pretty cool. Like I wonder I if he's been long enough to beat Lewis Hamilton's number of grand championships. He, Max is young. And I think he will stick around unless he really starts to hate it. I mean, his contract is what another nine years or it's kind of ridiculous. I think it's a long time. So I could, I could see it. And we already talked about the changes that Adrian Newey is making to that for the RB 20. And if, <laughs> if we thought they dominated this year and they're redoing the floor and, you know, everything else to make it that much faster, like, Holy cow, he's already got three. He only needs four more. It's totally doable. Totally yeah. doable. I think he would like to go out. We know he wants to be first in the pit lane. Like, I think we know he's going to do everything that he can to beat Lewis's seven. He will, wants we to be in will we in four years be calling out, if we're still doing this in four years, you and I, yeah. will we in four years be calling out that Max has now got the seven championships like Lewis? It'll be interesting. I think it could happen. I honestly think it could happen. If, if, if Adrian Newey stays around, Max stays around, like, 
Yeah. Okay, if exactly. it does, I'm going to pull up this video and just put the, <laughs> will we in four years say? <laughs> Perfect. Yes, keep this. That's amazing. Um, so Williams kept, so we uh, we already said Mercedes kept second in the constructor. Wah, wah. Darn it, Ferrari. We cannot, for the life of By us. Three points. Two points? Three. Ugh. Ridiculous. Um, Williams did keep seventh, so that was major for them. That's millions of dollars in their pocket, and it was a little iffy, but like we said, um, yeah. But Mercedes. So remember at the beginning of the year how it was like they were issuing apologies to their fans for how bad they are and everything else. That seems like a lifetime ago, but it was like this whole, woe is me. We are terrible. We're better than this. And they freaking finished second in the constructors. Like, did we and think the drivers that- are third and eighth? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and George is the bottom of the, the top eight, right? But they're below him. Oscar Piastri has 97 points. Russell, George Russell has 175 points. So, and then after that, it drops off pretty drastically. I mean, to, he was a, a very, very well at the scoring. And the scoring between him and um, Hamilton was all of 25, 50, right around 59 points between them. Wowza. Holy moly. Yowza. So as we said, Fernando went to fourth. So Carlos dropped down to seventh, which I think is his lowest finish in at least a couple of years. Um, Logan Sargent finished behind Liam Lawson, who was just a substitute driver for a few races. So the question is, does Logan Sargent keep his seat? And I will tell you what James Val said because they, uh, Laura Winter on F1 TV was hoping for a an exclusive, and she said, "Am I jumping the gun?" And he said, "You're jumping the gun. You know, we have basically like they haven't made a decision." Um, he said they can't confirm just yet. I guess over the radio after the race, James had said to Logan, "You know, they can't wait to work with him over the winter and maybe many winters together," which kind of sounds like he's going to be around but james during the presser said he has been a part of the f1 academy uh, williams academy he's going to continue to be part of williams academy um we you know whatever happens i want logan to know that i'm proud of him um but he definitely was not committing to anything so it's like are they still thinking about it are they dealing with negotiations and it's more of a contract thing at this point. So they want them, but they can't confirm just yet. It's ugh, like, I was kind of hoping by the end of this weekend, we would have an answer. We're talking about Vesti being a candidate. So that's, that's the thing that I think is interesting. Who said that Vesti was going to be? A There's been a couple of rumors that come out, including an article on sports illustrated and sky sport indicating that, uh, Frederick Vesti uh, has been eyeballed as a candidate to replace Logan Sargent. I mean, Frederick definitely deserves a seat in F1, but interesting. Okay, but do you think like, if you're Logan Sargent and you get ousted for, for somebody else, do you want to stay part of their academy? I'd be like, peace out, man. I'm out. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance of like, I don't know. I guess maybe you stay there or you don't go anywhere. You go to another another series because Someone I don't know. Maybe somebody's going to 
them, give him to help him give him back up. Or maybe it's a, you stay here and then we'll see what we can do next year kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Cause you never know with Albon's see, that's the thing is next year in 2024, there's so many contracts that are up there this year. As of right now, we had zero changes that may change if Logan doesn't, but next year, it's going to be a heavy game of silly season. It's going to be musical chairs like we would not believe because there's a lot of drivers with contracts that are up and there may be a lot of movement. So maybe that's it. Maybe they're like, stay with us and we'll bring you back. We'll get you some more training. I don't know. I just want I just want some news. Um, but anyways, well, let's move on to Beyond the Grid. So James Vowles finally freaking joined Instagram this week. <laughs> too. Oh my gosh. I love him so much. And he finally joined. It was driving me nuts. I think like him and like Mike crack doesn't, I don't think he has Instagram. I don't know if Fred does, but anyways, his very first post said Instagram it's James to which Valtteri commented, James it's Valtteri. Welcome to Instagram. And people were losing their minds because if you don't know this exchange, James used to work for Mercedes. Valtteri was the second driver at Mercedes with Lewis Hamilton. And uh, during one of the races, um, Valtteri was going for fastest lap. He won it and they, the team was like, nope, that's for Lewis. So James is on the radio. James, it's Valtteri abort the fastest lap attempt. And James, uh, Valtteri replies, Valtteri, it's James, F you. And so that was like, that's a very famous exchange between those two. So I just thought it was iconic with that that's how that went instagram it's james and then valtteri right away with the reply james it's valtteri welcome to instagram like i just thought that was such an iconic moment if you know the radio or the radio message like classic absolutely classic um fernando won tiktok public figure of the year so he was he was actually really working hard to get that um this this year at first i think they told him he couldn't do it. He couldn't run for it or whatever, but then they relented and he won. So if you watch his TikToks or if you've seen any of the memes or the videos that he's done this year from the Taylor Swift to the plants, like he is, he is epic. There's a guy behind that at Aston Martin that kind of, you know, brings some of these ideas to him. But that person has said that Fernando is usually like really willing to kind of go out and do it. So he's had some iconic moments, which is amazing. And this last one I'm really praying is true, but CBS is apparently working on a comedy show kind of based on Gunter Steiner. So it's a workplace based comedy. It would be in the sports world with the lead being a Steiner-esque boss as the head of the team. Um, and then I think, uh, he, Gunter won't obviously be on it, but he will be like a producer, like a non-writing yeah. producer on it. I think that would be comedy gold. If you have read his book, which Claire gifted me earlier this year, it's amazing. He has stories upon stories upon stories upon stories. And just the way he is, his own personality, I feel like the show would be hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. So I am hoping that they could sell this. Um, sell this. That would be amazing. So next week, this was our last race of the season. So it's weird to be like next week, what do we have going on? There actually is some stuff happening. So we'll have some end of season or preseason. I don't know if you call it preseason, but some testing 
So the um, cars will be out there. Some of them will be trying some of the stuff that they are working on for next year's car, just to get an idea. We've got the young driver test. So you'll, like I mentioned, Ollie will be there. There'll probably be some other drivers that will be there just doing some testing. It gives the other teams, you know, a chance to see what these drivers can do and what they're doing. Um, I think next week we can talk a little bit more, like we might have a surprise for you, but we could talk a little bit more about what the FIA is considering for next year. Cause I didn't get into that at all on this podcast episode. We're already 120 in, um, but there's a whole lot of things that were on their docket. So we can talk about that a little bit more. Um, but there's no more races. We're done. The season's over. No more races. We have so many different recaps and we only spotlighted two teams. Maybe we can cram through a few other teams by the end of the year before next year. There's so yeah. much we can do. So much to do yeah. for these last few weekends of the year yeah. before next season. Yeah. Let's figure out when our season ends and the next season begins. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I'm already looking forward to next year. I'm already like, again, we touched on it a little bit, but what are the Williams? What are they going to do? Aston Martin, are they going to get back to the form that they were in at the beginning of this year? You know, is Alfred Cowery going to be Red Bull 2.0? Like, there's for can Ferrari ever get their strategy right? I don't know. Because the other thing that did happen this this you might have mentioned it in an I spaced, but uh you know McLaren re-signed a long-term deal with Mercedes for their engine. Right. Yes, they sure did. They sure so, did. I mean, it was neat to see them make that announcement together, you know, and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, uh, especially after the meme <laughs> the week before. Of, of them showing like Toto running to the McLaren, like give us back our engines. <laughs> yes, yeah. There's a lot to look forward to, like a lot to look forward to. So I, I cannot wait. I'm so excited for next year already. Uh, it will start with the liveries and the preseason practice next year. But yeah, we've got a lot in the meantime. So you know, keep keep looking looking out. And keep an eye on what's going on at Williams. I was like, I kept like refreshing all these different uh, screens to see if they make any kind of announcement. And no, just, you know, talk about yeah. they secured Abu Dhabi and that uh, our secure, secured P7. And it was their best results since 2017. So talk about it. No, there, there we go. All right. We record on Sunday. They were wrapping off on a Sunday. This will come out on Tuesday. So who knows? It'll change between now and then. But yeah. Hopefully not. I would think I would hope at the end of the season they don't change anything. So it's <laughs> right. Well, long ride. It's been a fun set of race weekends, and now we're looking forward to some recaps after this. So that's Yay. about it. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content. You can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm -hmm.